got futures on the rise here this morning, recovering from the worst trading day of the year yesterday, coming under pressure in a big way after strong and expected eco data concerns about the uh, Fed interest rate hikes to come have, well, interest rates on the move higher to begin the week. I want to bring in Bob Iacchino, the founder of Chief Strategies Path Trading Partners, for a discussion on commodities and treasuries. Bob, welcome. Let's begin with the two-year to 2007 levels as we head into the Fed minutes this afternoon. Yeah, so looking at rates in general, Ben, yesterday to me was a convincing move. Uh, you could look at it from the two-year perspective, you can look at it from the 10-year perspective. People don't realize like we're on our way back to 4%, specifically on the 10-year, and we haven't been there since really last November. We spent maybe four or five days on a settlement basis above 4%. I believe the high settlement was, I think, 411. I'm going off of memory, so don't quote me on that, on the 10-year. But from a perspective of what that means, well, it looks to me like we're headed for a breakout. We've got to see where we close on Friday. But my next target for the 10-year yield is realistically 420, hmm. high probability 433. Hmm. And that's going to put pressure on assets in general. You just kind of look at it from the general asset perspective, the risk asset perspective. And that looks pretty convincing to me that we might hit up to that 433 level. And if we do, it's a condition of not fighting the Fed. And markets, specifically equity markets, have been fighting the Fed. And the Fed seems to be very nicely saying a much nicer way than, say, Christine Lagarde did at the mm -hmm. ECB, mm -hmm. that you're probably in the wrong position. Um, again, we had Bullard saying the economy is strong, as you mentioned earlier, talking to my friend Carly. You're calling the economy strong. The Fed is saying we're going to hold rates higher. Uh, Mester is saying she wanted 50 basis points at the last meeting. When is the market going to listen? It seems like yesterday the market, stock market specifically, might have opened its ears a little bit. You know, we've been talking about the straws that have been placed on this camel's back, still is yet to break at this point, but maybe we're starting to see signs that it's going to. And, you know, I think that's important here in terms of uh, the Fed, because they have been pushing it back against financial uh, conditions, which have been loosening, right? But Powell avoided a couple opportunities to continue that push, it seemed like, but that was before the non-farm payrolls, before uh, some of the other data that's come out very strong here. Bob, I wanted to talk about how, uh, again, uh, that does ultimately rates on the rise, right? If we were to a breakout and, and just real quick, I want to point out here from a technical standpoint, what you just said, opening up a door for four, three right now seems like a very good possibility because we just came off this lower extreme working way through the middle at 4%. That next top is four, three. Let's talk about how, well, clearly it did put pressure on risk assets. As you mentioned here, stocks had their worst day uh, to begin the year. Yeah, so let's address the, the Jay Powell sort of mood. And I, obviously the speech you're talking about was an interview. And in that interview, he basically said, well, I don't think financial conditions have tightened. We've been tightening rates. He actually didn't address financial conditions specifically. That was also in the Q&A after the FOMC meeting, which of course we're gonna get the minutes later today. He actually just said, well, somebody, a couple of reporters, if I remember right, asked him, they said, look, financial conditions have actually loosened. And if you ever want to go see that, you can go to the Chicago Fed and they have Chicago Fed Financial Conditions Index. They put out every two weeks. And we just got another one and it showed that financial conditions, again, were about as loose as they were in mm -hmm. May of last year. And May of last year, you only had 25 basis points in hikes at that point. And I think what Jerome Powell was doing, one of the things I've been said till I was blue in the face over the last few years, is that Jerome Powell's Fed says what they're going to do and then does what they said. 
And I think because they stepped down, they didn't pivot, but they stepped down from 75 basis points to 50 to 25 now, mm -hmm. to what is viewed by the markets right now as a consistent path of 25 basis point rate hikes, that he was just trying to express a calmer, less hawkish view. I don't think he wanted to give the market the view that, hey, we might do 75, we might do 50, we might do 200, we don't know, everything's nuts. It was just like, look, things are getting better, but you know, we still need to move rates higher. And when he was asked about financial conditions, he said, we have tightened. And I think he was referencing the situation of like, look, we can control what we can control, and we're gonna to continue to do it. So I, I remember back at a time where the market pricing in 325 basis point rate hikes was pretty damn hawkish. But we don't see it that way now because of how hawkish the Fed had been. It was more like eagle-ish than it was hawkish hmm. with those 75 basis point hikes. Uh, Bob, we have tightened, that's for sure. And we have seen a reflection of that headed into the most recent wave of data. If it continues to be strong, does that force the Fed to be a bit more aggressive now in the upcoming meetings? I don't think so. I think they're on their path. Okay. Uh, all I think it does, if you look at, for example, the CME Fed Watch tool, it used to have cuts priced in to October, and it used to only have two more 25 basis point rate hikes priced in. Now there's three more, and they've taken out the cuts in October, they've taken out the cuts in November. Okay. There is still a high probability, let me rephrase that, there's a higher probability of a 25 basis point rate cut in December priced into the market than there is an unchanged stance, but they're very close. Hmm. They're like one to 2% apart. That's after previously having October cuts in the market and November cuts and December cuts. Now we've taken all of that out and we're kind of teetering along that, are they gonna cut, are they not gonna cut in December? I still think they're not. And especially as we continue to get what can be, can't be classified any other way, but robust economic data, right? I mean, you look at the S&P PMI, it's just globally yesterday. And they either came in as expected or they beat expectations or they were very close. And the ones that beat, some of them got into expansion territory. We don't need to go through every one. This morning, we got Germany inflation, mm -hmm. right? A little Last, higher than expected. A little higher than expected in the year over year. The month over month revised down, but then the year, the month over month, I'm sorry, the last month over month was revised down. But then this current month over month, a little bit higher than expected year over year, a little bit higher than expected. So again, robust data. Yeah. So clearly, you know, you and I have been talking about this a lot. The market's fighting the Fed. Yesterday, the market said maybe we shouldn't do this. Yeah. Well, not just in Europe, right? I mean, the C, uh, CPI numbers, but we also have the IFO numbers, which were somewhat mixed. But I did see a couple headlines. Deutsche Bank said that uh, they see ECB uh, 3.75 for their terminal rate. Ultimately, we had the RBNZ. They went ahead and raised rates by 50 basis points to, what, 4.75 now? A little bit of a hawkish tone from the RBA. I mean, all of this kind of stacked up. You can see why the dollar's got a little bit of a ceiling on it right now around this 104 area. I mean, yeah, rates are on the rise. But uh, to your point earlier, I mean, uh, the more aggressive tone we've heard from central bankers globally, specifically the ECB, I mean, could keep a lid on the U.S. dollar here right now as the euro, the yen, the pound, for example, firm up potentially. Yeah, it's interesting, Ben. I was looking at the dollar yesterday, and I don't think it's, it's lost on me that the dollar declined quite a bit from February. But we've now fully retraced 25% of that decline. And we're up about seven to 10%, I don't know exactly, so don't quote me again, off of the lows that we made at the beginning of February of this year. So the dollar, yes, has a ceiling right now, but it's been climbing. 
and it's been climbing pretty pretty handily. Yeah. And I think that again reflects what we're seeing in yields. You know, you look at the two tens inversion, and while it's still at a dramatic level, negative six seventy four last mm -hmm. time I checked this morning, mm -hmm. it's been as high as eighty three eighty four. I should say as low because it's a negative number, but it's been as low as negative 83, negative 84. Now we're negative 74. That's an implication that maybe the steepening is starting to take hold. And if the steepening is starting to take hold, that means inflation. You saw the two-year auction yesterday, Ben, I'm sure. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Nobody wanted two-year at 468. Nobody wanted it. So that yield has to push higher if the, if the U.S. government is going to finance its own debt. So from that perspective, I think, again, we're looking at an overall, uh, overall picture, an overall 30,000-foot view of bonds have believed the Fed. Commodities have been sort of wishy-washy about it, as Carly pointed out. But stock market has not believed the Fed. And you know, I know that we're not on this particular interview to talk about the stock market, but if you look at the level of beats from this past earnings season, we're about 84% of the companies having reported. So let's call earnings seasons over. The average EPS beats have been about 1.3% better than analyst estimates. That's lower than the one-year average, the five-year average, the 10-year average, and it is the lowest since the pandemic earnings in 2020, where it was only 1.1% of beats. So earnings have been terrible and they're likely to get worse. Hmm. And so when you look at it from that perspective, people have to pay attention to what yields are telling them. And yields will move quickly if yields are wrong. And they haven't done that. They've actually done the opposite. Seems like stocks are trimming their gains that we saw in the overnight session. I just want to point out here, the Dow, probably a pretty good reflection of what Bob was just talking about in terms of some of the headwinds we're seeing in stocks as they, uh, large caps have now dipped back down below the 50-day moving average. The dollar improving back up to that 104 levels you mentioned here. I think the fifth week in a row to the upside here in the greenback. Bob, appreciate you joining us to talk treasuries, currencies, and help us get ahead of the Fed minutes here due out this afternoon. Bob Iacchino, founder, chief strategist of Path Trading Partners.